blood of Jesus Christ. Value depends on who made it. Value, the value of something depends on who made that thing. We have so many things today like iPhone, uh, Apple, Apple something. I don't, I don't know these things, but I, know, I just hear the names. There's Apple phone, there's all these, uh, you know, these expensive gadgets. And the price of those things is because of the person that made it not so. And they put the value of that thing. And so, because you were created by the king of kings, you were made by the king of kings, you are valuable. You are valuable. The value of something depends on how much somebody will pay. The value of something depends on how much you will pay for that. And God decided that he pays for you with his blood. That's how much valuable you are. He paid for you with his blood. And not only half, he paid it in full. He said he paid it in full and he said, it is finished. He paid for you because he values you. If you place less value on something that God has placed value on, it's like God is like telling God to his face that, no, I think God, you did not think right. This person was not worth dying for. You should have maybe placed another person on their place, on their space. It's like telling God, why did you die for this person? I think they were not well to be to be you know your blood. They were not worthy. How many of us look at other people and say, ah, no, I think this one is not worth it? Maybe because of the way they look, maybe because of the way they dress. Or maybe because of the way they talk, maybe because of the way they walk. And we place a certain value on them. It's not about how they look. It's not about how they look. God has placed value on them and he wants us to do the same. He wants us to treat others with value. How do you value other people? How do you treat them? How do you treat other people? Do we think that they are nothing? Do we look at them and say, this one are we? No. The same value that God has placed upon your life, He wants us to do the same. He wants us to do the same. Hallelujah. Let's continue on. Number three, if we are to show love, if we are to love like Jesus loves us, we must be able to forgive others like Jesus forgives us. I must be able to forgive 
others like Jesus forgives me. You know, some of us think that God is seated right there on his throne and holding grudges against us. Others think that he's seated there with a book full of wrong things that we have done, the wrong things that we did last week, wrong things that we did last year, and he's keeping, he's keeping the record there and looking at and saying, okay, this one I think they did that last year. No. When God forgives, he forgives. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, he forgave us. He has shown us his forgiveness. When he forgives, he remembers no more. He says that the far, as far as the east is from the west, so our sins are separated from him. When God forgives us, he remembers no more what we did. He opens a new page for us. He doesn't say, oh, this that you have done, I remember even in 2015, this is the same thing that you did. When he forgives us, a new page is opened for us. A new page is opened for you. And he says, if I must love like he loves me, I must forgive others like he has forgiven me. He forgave us all our sins when he died on the cross of Calvary. He forgave us. Isaiah 45, 43, sorry. Isaiah 43, 25. I even, I am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Once we recognize that we are forgiven, it will enable us, it will give us strength to forgive other people. How long does it take us to forgive? I remember, uh, I think a month or two ago, we were talking with my uh, soon-to-be sister-in-law. So we had this discussion. I used to be a person that would, uh, if you wrong me, if you do something wrong to me, it will take one week. I'll just be thinking about it and I'm just upset about it. One week, then I'll, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's fine. I forgive you. I remember every time my husband would come to me and say, so when are you going to forgive me? I'll be like, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> but you also. I, I'm still thinking about it. It could take me one week for me to forgive. But how long does it take for God to forgive, to forgive us? When we ask for forgiveness, it's instant. He forgives us right there and then. We say, ah, this one I will never forgive. This one has wronged me. You don't know what they told me. You don't know what this person has done to me. You don't know what she did. You don't know what he did. Yes, I don't know what that person did to you. And you don't want to forgive them. But I also don't know what you did, what you have done, but God has forgiven you. 
God has forgiven you. There are people that we have kept in our hearts for many years, and we have said that one, I'll never forgive. This that they have done, I will never forgive them. This that they have said to me, I will never forgive until the day that I die. In Bemba, we say that Tuarila Pana. Why would you say that in English? We have sweared. I will never forgive this one. This that they have done, I will never forgive them. But how many wrong things have we done before God? How many times do we fall short? How many times do we go wrong before him? But he says that I forgive you and I remember your sins no more. So, a month or two ago, like I was saying, we were talking with my yeah, soon to be sister in law, and I remember telling her that that I've, I've chosen to forgive even before somebody asked me for forgiveness. And she was like, What? I said, Yes, I have decided that I will forgive a person that wrongs me even before they come to me and tell me that I am sorry. By the time they are coming to say that I'm sorry, I've forgiven them. And she was like, I've never heard of that. I said, I, yeah, I've also never heard of it. I just, I just thought about it. I'm sure it's the spirit of God that brought it in my heart that I have to do that. And that's what I have been doing. That's what I have been doing. Somebody says something, it hurts me in my heart. Somebody does something, it pains me. I'm like, I have forgiven you. And it's like they haven't even done that. It's like they haven't even wronged me. Today, it could be somebody that is close to you. Somebody that you never thought would betray you. Somebody that you never thought would disappoint you and you have kept it in your heart. This one I will never forgive. It could be our friends, it could be our colleagues, it could be our parents, it could be our brothers and sisters. And we are saying that I can never forgive this person. And I want to ask you this morning, who needs your forgiveness today? Think about that person. This week, please, find time, go and see them. Tell them that I have forgiven you. Because we have received the forgiveness from God. He has forgiven us and he wants us to forgive other people. Forgive that person. In the one hour challenge that we have been given to show love, I want you to find time this week, go and see that person. If you need to be forgiven, go to that person and ask for forgiveness. Because love and unforgiveness cannot go together. One has to remain, the other one has to go. So which one are you going to keep? Are you going to say no? It hurts so much. If I remember what they have done, it hurts so much. If I remember what I was told, it hurts so much. If I remember what was done to me, the disappointment that I felt.
the betrayal that I felt. No, it hurts so much. I cannot forgive. But if God remembers all that we have done, he wouldn't have forgiven us. But he chose to forgive us and he wants us to do the same. He wants us to do the same. If we are to become world-class lovers, we have to accept people the way God accepts us. You have to value people the way God values you. You have to forgive others the way God forgives you. And lastly, I must believe, or you must believe in others like Jesus believes in you. I must believe in others like Jesus believes in me. In the time of ministry when Jesus was here on earth, he affirmed people around him. He encouraged people around him. When he looked at them, he didn't see what they were, but he saw what they could become. He saw the potential that they had to become what God intended them to be. He didn't just see there where they were and how they looked like, but he saw what they could become tomorrow. He saw the potential that they had to change. He saw the potential that they had to become something great. Gideon came from the least of the families of Israel, the tribes of Israel, and he's greeted, peace be with you mighty man of valor. He looks at himself, he's like, hey, maybe they are greeting somebody else. He's like, hey, me? I'm from the least of the tribes of Israel. I don't even deserve to be called what you are calling me right now. He's called mighty man of valor. Not because of how he looked like, not because of where he came from, not because of how he looked or the things that he did. But there was something great in him that he was going to become. Jesus did the same. The people that were around him, he saw greatness in them. He saw the great things that they could do for this world. potential in others when we look at them because he wants us to do the same but do we see that do we see that in other people believe in others like Jesus believes in you we live in a world full of people with insecurities People with low self-esteem. If today you tell me that you don't have insecurities, 
you are lying to yourself or either you are still in denial. Because even the richest of people have insecurities. We have people with low self-esteem. We have people who feel they amount to nothing. We have people who feel like, no, I cannot do it. I'm not worth it. And that's why we are there, you and me as open church, to believe in those people and tell them that you can do it. Because Jesus has believed in us. Jesus believes in us. And he affirms us. He sees potential in us. He sees growth. He sees that which he intended for us, he intended for us to be. He entrusted the future of this world in 12 people. 12 people with no high school education. 12 people with no college education. 12 people with no career. He entrusted the future of this world in their hands. And here we are today, believing in Jesus because he believed in them. He believed that they could do it. He believed that they could take the gospel up to where we are today. That was many years ago. And here we are, we believe in Jesus. I believe that you believe in Jesus this morning. It's because somebody was there that Jesus believed in. That they were able to do it. That they were going to preach the gospel. They were just fishermen. Others, when, when Jesus was going to be to them to tell them that I want you to be my disciple, I believe they were feeling like, oh, I'm just a fisherman. I just know how to fish. How am I even going to stand before people and preach? I believe that he just told them that you can do it. And you are going to do it. Jesus saw potential in them. Jesus saw, pot saw potential in people that were around him. And he affirmed them. Do we see potential in other people? Because he wants us to do the same. He wants us to believe in other people. He wants us to believe in other people. John 14 verse 12 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do. Because I go to my Father. Now I look at the great works that Jesus did. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He delivered those that were demon-possessed. And he says that the works that I have done, even greater works than this, you will do. Did they have the potential to do that at that time? Did they look like they were going to do it? No, but he taught them because he believed in them. But he, he believed that they were going to do it. He believed that they were going to do it. And he wants us to believe in other people too. He wants us to believe. He wants us to see potential in other people. He wants us not to only see what they could do now. 
He wants us not to only see how they look like now, but he wants us to see potential in them. He wants us to see of what they could become. I'm a team leader in, uh, in the OC worship team. And I believe that we all see different people singing here in front. And I want to tell you something. I remember one time, that was many years ago, when Esther was still part of our team. She's, uh, not, she's still part of Open Church, but she's no longer part of our worship team. I remember one, one time I told her, I said, Esther, can you do this song? And she asked me, or did she ask me, or she told me, why do you like pushing people into their incompetence? I said, I am not pushing you into your incompetence. I believe that you can do it. It might not be perfect, but I believe that you can do it. People that we see singing here in front, I believe that they can do it. As a team leader, I believe that they can do it. That's why you see different people singing here. They might not do it right the first time, but I know that they will do it. I know that they can do it. Worship team, I believe in you. And I believe that you can do it. That's what God wants us to do. In each and every team in this church, I want to, I want to encourage you this morning. Let's see the potential in the, in the people that we are working together with. Let's see what they could become tomorrow. Let's not just see, oh no, I think if I give this one, they'll mess it up. Yes, they might mess it up the first time. The next time they will do it, the next time they will do it, and they will become even better, and become even better than you as a team leader, because you believe in them. Let's see potential in people, and let's believe in what they can do. That's what God wants us to do. That's the heart of God. You cannot love other people if you do not accept them. If you do not believe in them. If you do not forgive them. That's what God wants us to do. How we feel about ourselves is dependent on what the most important person in, your, in our lives thinks about us. What I think about myself is dependent on what the most important person thinks about me. If they think that I'm nothing, I will believe that I'm nothing. If they think that I can't do it, I will believe that I can't do it because this is the most important person in my life. If they feel that I'm not worth it, I will feel that I'm not worth it. But today, I want to encourage you to make Jesus the most important person in your life. Because what he says will always build you. What he says will always encourage you. Because he will never say anything that will bring you down. He will never say anything that will demean you. Make him the most important person in your life. I 
and let's start filling our minds with what he says. Oh, this is the most important person in my life. And here is what they, what they told me. And I feel, I feel broken. I believe in this person. This person is the most important person in my life. How can they tell me this? But if you make Jesus the most important person in your life, and believe what he says, and fill your mind and your heart with what he says, you will be encouraged. You have the strength to love. Jesus is the starting point for love. He is the starting point for love. We can never love others until we understand how much God loves us. It will be difficult. We will run dry. But if we understand how much God loves us, it will be easy for us to love other people. Let's rise up to our feet. You might be here this morning. There is that person that did something to you many years ago, yesterday, last week. You have kept it in your heart. This I will never let go. This one I will never forgive. No, this is too much. This is too painful. You might be here this morning and you're saying, ah, you don't understand the pain that I'm feeling. You don't understand the pain that I feel every time I think about this. I would like to encourage you to let go and let that space be filled with the love of God. He says that people who know that you belong to me when you love one another. But if that space is filled by hatred, if that space is filled by anger, if that space is filled by resentment, where will the love sit? This morning, I want you to let go. Open up your heart and let go. And ask God to fill that space with love. Release that person and forgive them. If you also need to be forgiven, ask for forgiveness and let that space in our hearts be filled with the love of God. Just close your eyes where you are and just reflect on your life. Reflect on what we have learned this morning. Are there people that you need to accept? Are there people that you need to forgive? People that you have placed less value on? 
people that you don't believe in, you've written them off. This one, no. Just reflect on that. And I want you to release it. I want you to release them. I want you to forgive them and open up that space that the Spirit of God will fill you with His love. Hallelujah. We surrender to you, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We open up our hearts to you, Lord. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your love. Let it go. Forgive them. No matter how painful it is, forgive and ask God to fill that space with love. You will see how much love you begin to feel for that person. Because God would have filled that space with love. Just pray from your heart. Whisper to him. Here I am, Spirit of God. I release, I forgive, and I ask that you fill my heart with love, that you will be able to share it. They will even be shocked that you will talk to them. They will even be shocked that you show them love. They will even be shocked that you show them care because God would have filled your heart with love. Good Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the love that you have shown to us. We thank you for the acceptance that you have shown to us. We thank you for your forgiveness upon our lives. We thank you that, Lord, you believe in us. And today, this morning, Lord, we want to pray that we will do the same. Because that's your desire, that's your heart, Lord. We pray that, Lord, you will enable us, oh God. Fill us with love as a church, oh God. Fill each and every one of us in this place with your love. That this city will know that there is a God because we love each other. Let this church be an example for love. That people who look at us and say, I want to love like that church. Fill each and every one of us with your love, Lord. Fill us this morning 
fill us this morning. That our love will overflow. That our love will overflow. In Jesus' name. Amen.